Hello, and welcome to the weekly podcast of The Road to Reality, featuring the teaching ministry of K.P. Yohannan, the founder and director of GFA. Now, here's K.P. with today's message. My reason for being here is today to kind of share with you some practical uh, steps that we can take in walking with the Lord. For a lot of people, spirituality or being godly is basically having a lot of information. And forever, they learn, but their lives are not becoming radical as Christ's life, and it's meant to be. So some of these things I recommend today, they are things that you may want to consider to do uh, as we walk with the Lord. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18. Uh, it is a very familiar passage where Jesus talked about the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. It's about little kids. You know, he picked up a little three-year-old or four-year-old little child and, and said, um, you must become uh, like these children and so on. And look at um, verse 10. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 18, verse 10. See that you do not look down on one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. When I first read it, it just confused me a little bit. It's like I'm saying, I'm looking at you, and I am. But then you say, I'm looking at my wife. Well, she's in Dallas, Texas. Even if I try, you know, a couple of hours of flight from here to get to Dallas. So how can I do this simultaneously? Looking at this brother here, or the sister there, and looking at my wife, it just makes no sense. But that's what it says there. Angels are assigned to guard these little kids, protect them. But also it's they're beholding the face of the Father. What is the connection? The connection is what Jesus said, you embrace these children, receive them in my name, and I will be there and my father will be there. What an incredible statement. I remember one time I was in Bombay, India, and I picked up this newspaper, uh, English newspaper, and right on the front of the paper was a, a huge black and white picture picture of a little boy, maybe four or five-year-old little boy, kind of semi-naked, wearing rags, laying on the busy sidewalk. But beside him lays a dog. It's a female dog. But you look at the picture, you see the little boy actually drinking milk from this dog. And the caption reads, this dog is his mother. The three-column article explained about over 100,000 children that live on the streets, not knowing who their parents are, where they're going, what is to happen to them, and the plight and the hopelessness of these kids. And I remember, as I was looking at this picture and reading these stories, it was as though the Lord would speak to me and, and say, what do you think? Can you imagine that this happened with your little son, Danny, trying to survive by drinking milk from a straight dog on the streets? I couldn't process that information. I couldn't handle it. I'm too busy with evangelizing the whole world. I'm too busy with writing books and being on the radio and, and traveling to so many nations. And this is 
strange. How many of you had a chance to see the Slumdog Millionaire movie? Would you raise your hand? All of you raise your hands, you will go to heaven. All the rest of you, please get to it before it's too late. You know, my brothers and sisters, when I watch that movie, I'm not terribly an emotional person. I don't cry that easily. But I couldn't help but cry and cry. And um, I told my secretary to put that movie on my iPhone, and I tried to watch it again. I can't. I had to sh turn it off. It's too painful. Those of you who watch it, you will understand it. But for our sake of understanding, let me explain like this. Just imagine, you, your husband, your wife, you have two children. Your home, the slum in Bombay. There are five million people live in the slum. Your home is just on the street. A few plastic sheets you put over some sticks and that's where you live. It so happened, as time went by, through starvation struggle, the husband dies. If you're a husband, now you're gone. And the wife, trying to make a living by going through the garbage heaps during the nights and pick up stuff she can sell and make a living. And your daughter is nine years old and your son seven years old. But then your fate is also sealed. The mother is dead. Two kids are left out on the streets. Within a short time, a man would come by and find all these kids running all over the place. And he says, you want Coca-Cola? Only these kids heard about it. They never tasted it. Sure. So he hands to them this bottle of Coca-Cola. And they drink it. They're so happy. Then he says, I'll give you food and clothes. You come with me. So he takes his kids hours away to a camp. And then he asks all the kids there, 100, 200 kids, to perform and do things like singing. And this seven-year-old little boy, among the many that stands up and sings this Hindi song, it seems that he has the ability to keep the tune. So he does it well. The next scene, he is taken to a different building that is hidden away. And this man who picked up these kids, obviously, he's the boss. So he turns to the man standing in the corner with the beard and very mean-looking man says, is everything ready? He says, yes, sir. The next thing you see, a man takes a piece of cloth or cotton and pour chloroform. And then he brings that to the little boy and put it on his mouth. The boy struggles, but within a few seconds he goes out. And the next scene, the boy is laying on this table. And this mean-looking man comes over with a pan with boiling oil. And he opened the lid of the little boy and pour hot oil into his eyes and bandage it up. The next scene, after months you'll find the little boy on the street begging, asking for arms, money. So thousands of these kids, both blind or maimed or in 
normal shape going around collecting money. They are known as the beggar children on the streets. It is estimated there are 160 million child laborers in our world and the largest number in India. 15 million bonded child laborers. I never forget the story about one village where our missionaries went and saw this man and his wife just sitting there like somebody's dead there. So depressed, so lost and unhappy and the wife just cries and cries living in a hut on the outskirts of the village. And when our missionary asked, what happened to you? And then she just breaks down and weeps and say, my children, my children, my children. And then he asked the man, what happened to you, children? He says, what can we do? My wife was sick and we didn't have any money. So we been the landlord and we borrowed some money. And in turn, we returned, we gave our children for him to work in his field. To find out what he borrowed was less than 40 US dollars worth of money. From morning till night, these little kids work making eight, nine cents for the whole day's labor. Now I say this to you, please listen to me. I have no agenda to put you on any kind of guilt trip or condemnation and collect some money from you and go to the next place. That's not the issue here. But I ask you only one thing to consider right now. That is this. For God so loved the world that it's not Americans, people in Albuquerque or Texas or Romania or China. He loves people from all over the world, every tribe, every kindred, and also these precious children living on the streets in the slums. And I say this to you. Please listen to me. It is your moral, godly obligation to say, I care, I feel, I pain, I ache. I cannot anymore say, they are not my problem. You are the Christ. I am the Christ in our generation. Christianity, when it comes to the place, it is all about me, my health, my wealth, my security, my weight, and my kids, my savings, my future. You are missing it. Christ calls me to come and die, and so he can live once again through my earthen vessels. If that is not your understanding of Christianity, may God give you the grace someday to wake up. Through some experience you realize nothing matters other than God and eternity and his interest. And my encounter with the street children and things like that broke my heart again and again and again. And when I come to the scripture like this, ha, huh, how many times I studied this? To realize the Lord saying, don't ignore, don't walk away, don't pretend that they are not there. And for the Father cares about them. You know, my journey is quite interesting. Some of you know me for 30 years or so, I think, reading some of my books. I never cared about these kind of things in the early days of our ministry. But then, kind of interesting. I used to tell people, if it was not for my wife, Gisela, born and raised in Germany, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. And I mean, it's a huge amount of work going on. And I say, if it was not for my wife, none of these things would be there. Then I say, if it was not for my mother, 
who prayed three and a half years every Friday fasting that one of her six boys will go to serve God. And I happen to be the answer to her call and prayer. My son, Danny, was born here in the States. And he is now a missionary serving God. My daughter, Sarah, when she finished her school in the States, she felt the Lord wanted her to go to India to serve God. And her husband, oh, by the way, you know, we prayed a lot about my daughter getting married, you know. We don't arrange marriage, but we cannot recommend. <laughs> so a lot of, lot of young people want to marry my daughter. She's incredibly a beautiful girl, very soft, just like a mother. And um, I said, two dozen young people, I don't think you want to marry my daughter. I hate you. Get out. No. <laughs> um, but... She said to me, Daddy, I, I don't want to live in America. I don't want to live in Europe. I want to live in India and serve God and die here. And please, you know, find someone who wants to do the same. And so this young man came along and I, I, I said, You want to marry my daughter? Yeah. I said, Tell me about your life. And he started talking. I said, I said, You are a medical doctor. Most of you people are in the United States. And what is your life about? He said, yeah, you know, as a young boy, I gave my life to Christ. And when I was studying in college, the Lord told me to go to uh, study medicine. And, and he said, as a youngster in school, the Lord called me to serve him. And uh, so I obeyed what he told me to. Then he said a classic statement. My call is to serve the Lord and do his will to preach the gospel. But my vocation happened to be I'm a medical doctor. I said, I got it. Yeah, you can, you can marry my daughter. <laughs> and that's how I got him. And they both are serving the Lord. And the reason I'm telling all this, there's a common denominator with all these names I mentioned. My mother, my wife, and my daughter, my son. You know what that is? All of us came to know the Lord as little boys and girls. I was eight years old when the Lord saved me. So... I think about what a wonderful world we have. Millions of children that are desperate and hurting and we can go and scoop up all of them and love them and take them to heaven in the name of Jesus. And this is what Gospel of Asia began to do. Some years ago, we started now some 580 centers called Bridge of Hope. And we get these kids up to 200 children in each center. And they're taught, given food and medical checkup and clothes and all these different things. This is the beauty of loving and caring, not ignoring the possibility of reaching a generation that the Lord has given to us. Oh, by the way, I'll tell you something you don't know, maybe. Did you know that in the United States of America, the poverty line, it is average income of $30 a day income. But did you know that 80% of the world live on less than $2 a day? And we talk about, the economy is all going haywire. Don't worry, you will never die here. I can assure you. And we are blessed so much and less not Say, you know, I can't get involved with the lost world because this is an opportunity. Hey, you know what? Would you please be praying, saying, Lord, touch my heart and, and what is it you want me to do in terms of fulfilling the scripture? Stephen Curtis Chapman is, is a musician. Uh, he wrote this very powerful song. 
don't worry, I'm not going to sing for you. But the first time I heard this, I just gripped my heart. Listen to these words. I saw the face of Jesus in a little orphan girl. She was standing in the corner on the other side of the world. And I heard the voice of Jesus gently whisper to my heart, didn't you say you wanted to find me? Well, here I am. Here you are. So what now? What will you do now that you have found me? What now? I know. I may not look like what you expected, but if you remember, this is right where I said I would be. You have found me. What now? When we go to the airports, which somebody asked me recently, where do you live? I said, in the suitcase. That's where my life is, uh, kind of. But you know, they ask you, ID. Either you pull out your passport or your driver's license. And you know how old you are. Some of you look 16, but you are 60. We look younger than we are, maybe. But the driver's license tells the story. When I came to America in 1974, I used to watch the television. I liked this guy very much on television. His name, George Burns. Anyone remember his name? I liked him. He had this cigar in his mouth. And, but when he signs off, he sings this song, I wish I was 16 again. I was 16, actually, when the Lord called me to serve him. And today, I am 60. I don't know how the time slipped away. <sighs> hundred years from now, what does it matter? All the stuff that we are fighting for, the reputation, the honor, the money, the books, this, that, all kind of stuff. Oh, may God deliver us from the tyranny of the dust and self-centeredness and to set us free to love him and love the things he loves and weep for the things he weeps about. And if that be the case, I really believe the Lord will want us to respond to this incredible opportunity and his call. And I pray that you don't do anything out of guilt or condemnation or this and that, but oh, the privilege the Lord gave us to love these children and embrace them. And the angel beholding the face of the father says, Father, I just want to let you know my child is rescued. Just like the little boy in the slumdog millionaire who was caught and blinded, that will never will have to happen again if we will do our part to pray, to share our life, and see these kids as our own. And I say, Lord, I will do everything I can by your grace to share in your suffering, in your pain, especially for these kids. May the Lord speak to us. Amen. 
You've been listening to The Road to Reality with K.P. O'Hannon. K.P. has been crisscrossing the globe for decades, challenging the church to be more like Jesus in their worship and service unto the Lord. If you'd like to learn more about The Road to Reality and the ministry of GFA, please visit us online at roadtoreality.org. That's roadtoreality.org. And then join us for our next podcast when KP will offer more biblical encouragement to help you grow in your relationship with God and live to honor Him along the road to reality.